developing value so that people want to do business with you on today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Digit. Save money without thinking about it. Get paid $5 just for signing up at servenomaster.com backslash digit today. Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now. Then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host. One of the hardest questions, the hardest concepts for people to grasp is, what is value? What makes me valuable? What do I have to offer? Recently this week, I met with someone who works with one of my business partners. And this is someone who's brand new to the game, brand new and very young to online marketing. And kind of, he's feeling his second wave of success right now. He had a little bit of success with his first project, did okay. Now he's on a second project that's starting to really get to the next level. But he's been doing this for several years, almost four years now. And when talking, he was talking about, wow, you're so successful with someone who's been doing this for seven years. And I didn't want to say, well, I've actually been to this level for quite a while. Some people, we think it takes a really long time to achieve success. And the longer we think it's going to take, the longer it does take. And what I'm going to share with you are some of the things that I shared with him to help accelerate his growth. And I explained, when I go to a conference, when I go networking, when I form partnerships, I'm not looking to bump my income 10%. I wouldn't be away from home for two weeks, possibly three weeks if a few things change to increase my revenue 10%. It's not worth it to me. I love my family too much. I'm lonely for my family right now. I would rather be spending time with them. Yes, I enjoy buying them amazing Christmas presents and kind of doing some holiday shopping, looking for great things for them. But I've kind of run out of ideas. I went through the largest mall I've ever been in my entire life today. I think it's the sixth largest mall in the world. I don't know if I've been in a bigger one before, but my legs are killing me. These dogs are barking. My feet hurt, my legs hurt, and I didn't buy anything today. I bought one tiny, tiny gift <laughs> for walking around for about two hours and my legs hurt. The real reason I went there, I was hoping to find the movie theater. It's on the seventh floor, seven story mall, and I never found the seventh floor. It's that big. But the reason I travel, and I'm talking about networking a lot, is because I just finished my networking course. I'm so excited about it, but also I'm about to go to a big conference. So when you're going to a conference, everything boils down to what do you have to offer other people? He asked me a great question. How do you walk up to someone when you have nothing to offer them? And that question is so critical because it's the core of everything. Why should someone want to do business with you? Why should someone talk to you? It's the question we suffer from in high school. Why would anyone want to be friends with me? I'm not cool. When we're younger, we measure coolness, right? Our value comes from how cool we are. As we get older, we think value has to come from money or what we have to offer. Now, the worst form of value to offer to other people is financial. If you walk up to someone and say, hey, let me buy you a drink, it's okay. It's not terrible, it's better than zero because it is a value you're giving something, but it's the worst way to do it. And I know that when you're struggling financially, trying to keep up with the people, trying to take out four or five people and pay for everyone's dinner when you can't really afford it and when it's a week's wages for you, that's a brutal way to do business. So I wanna show you ways to do it that don't require you to leverage finances because most of the time when you're the one trying to network up, you can't afford to compete with people who make more money than you. You can't afford to go out to dinner with them and split it four ways. Or even worse, if you've ever been out with people, and I saw this recently in a movie, and I've been there, what happens in real life. You go out with five or six people, and what they do every night is they do Russian roulette credit cards. They take a credit card from each of the six people, they throw them into a bucket, and they pull out one, and that person pays for the night. Oh, man, 
when that happens to you. And it's the first time you've hung out with these people, you want to kill yourself. You were worried they were going to split it six ways. And now instead of six ways, it's you and you just maxed out your credit card. You had to spend three or $4,000 for one night of networking. Terrifying. When I was dead broke long time ago, more than 10 years ago, I would go out to the local pub. And for some reason in England, these people, and I never really got dialed into this one group of people. We would go out and someone would buy a round for eight people. And I was like, I'm not going to have eight drinks tonight. For me to go up and buy eight drinks for the seven other people and one for me doesn't make sense when I'm having two or three drinks. I can't afford to hang out with you guys. You guys are going to be here for eight hours. I'm only here for two. And I found out later on that people used to talk bad about me behind my back because I didn't buy rounds that often. And I also didn't ask people to buy me drinks that often because I didn't want to get sucked into that game. I couldn't compete financially with them. Now those people, their lives are in the exact same place. They're still hanging out in the same bar, still doing circles of rounds, and their careers are all exactly where they were 10 years ago. But I wanted to separate from that. How could I have something to offer people when I can't keep up financially? And I want to share with you a critical way to become valuable. Now I go into great detail and really build on this inside of my Networking Empire course. And I would love to teach you everything in that course right here, but there's a reason that course has hours and hours of video and really detailed training. But I want to give you something now that you can use, something to feel like you have value. Really the core value that you have to offer people is excellence. And there's a couple of ways you can demonstrate this. One of the greatest values you can have is giving people a good time. If you're fun, if you know how to bring the fun, if you know how to bring entertainment, bring jokes, give people a good time, that's a really good value. Now that value is good for initial networking, but that's not a value you can translate into work stuff. So we kind of need two areas of value. We need social value or value for why would I want to spend time talking to you? And we start off by giving them a good time. And if people really like spending time with you, eventually they'll start to notice your business value, especially if people are 10, 20, 30 times more profitable than you are. When you're talking to someone who makes a million dollars a day and you're barely making $10 a day, how do you bridge that connection? And it starts by being really fun and always being positive and focusing on that saying, I'm going to give value in any way I can. How can I improve your business? If you go to a conference, you got nothing to offer and you walk up to every person and say, Hey, is there anything I could do that would help your business? I'd love to do it. Record a testimonial, review a product, take a picture with you, take a picture of you with someone else. Anything I can do that will be of value to you. Just let me know. I'd love to help you build your business. I just want to give you any value I can. I know people that go to conferences, they do that and maybe half the people ignore them or half people forget that person, but then they form some massive connection because someone will go, wow, that's a great attitude. Offering to give value is the next level saying, how can I do something that would really help you? Now in my course and a lot of other places and some other podcast episodes, I talk about ways to give value and ideas you can do. Like, let me take a picture with you. Let me record a video testimonial for you. Let me tell you what I love about your product, things like that. Okay. There's lots and lots of ways to give a little value really quickly, but the easiest way is just to ask them, Hey, what can I do for you? Beyond that, if you have the ability to start and finish a project, you're insanely valuable. As you know, I've mentioned it in the past, if you don't know, I have an internship program where I take people in and I train them for a while and then they become insanely financially successful. The last person who finished my internship program is making about $20,000 a month, travels full time, probably works five hours a week, makes a huge amount of money. Early 20s, absolutely killing it online. And people don't even know that he started off as my intern. I don't go out and tell everyone that, it's certainly not necessary. But every once in a while people go, oh, do you know that guy? Oh yeah, he started out, he started off with me. People go, whoa. And I said, what do you mean? All my interns are like that. They're just in different fields. But I love seeing that success. I love seeing people launch out of the nest. But most people, they fail my internship program. My internship program is so simple. Finish the tasks I give you. If you stick with me for three to six months, you'll become super rich. Most people, something gets in the way. 
and distracts them. They give up hope and they take a job working at McDonald's. They don't put in the effort. They start slacking off and they give up too soon. And yeah, three to six months of working for me, for some people that's just too long to spend learning something. Because I do expect you to put in four or five hours a day. But everything you're learning, everything you do working for me, you do it once for me so then you could do it once for yourself. So I teach people each building block of a business. I say, here's how to do a PDF, do a couple of PDFs. Great, now you have that ability. Here's how to record a video, da 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 da. But so many people don't have the ability to create and finish. A lot of people start strong and then something happens in their life and they run into this wall and then they have their problems magnified. Oh, I had to take a job because I needed more money. The problem is when you take a job making a fixed amount of money per day, you can never accelerate again. It's a tough decision. I've been tempted to go back to work at certain points in my career. And I understand that and I don't begrudge anyone that. But then I watch people who do that. The people who take another job or who get limited by something, they never hit that next level of success. That wall becomes permanent in front of them. It's unfortunate, but it's true. So when you're thinking about value, to circle back to something very positive, what do I have to offer? If you can finish a project, if you can finish a task that I put in front of you, you are insanely valuable. You're a one percenter. 99% of our society cannot finish tasks. I, perhaps you've heard this story from me before, perhaps you haven't. I got an email about a year ago from someone who wanted one of my courses. Turns out the person was 16. And I said, I'm not selling you a $2,000 course. There's no way. There's no way. He was like, I gotta ask my parents and can you convince them that how great your course would be for me? And I said, there's no way I'm doing that. I I don't charge that much for a kid. I don't want you to turn 18 in debt. Whether it's in debt to your parents or whether your parents use a credit card, whatever it is, I'm not doing that. And I said, what I will do is offer you an opportunity because of your financial situation to be an intern for me. And I said, I have my course. At this time, I was really developing my Best Selling a Box course. I said, I have a course called Best Selling a Box. It's about 100 videos, dozens of hours of content about how to build, launch, and succeed with a bestseller. What I'd like you to do is watch every video and take really good notes and then send them to me and I can turn them into PDFs that people can download that people can have something to download to help them as they're watching each training lesson. And he replied to me with a list of five, I almost want to say demands, but it was five excuses. Oh, well, where am I going to get the idea? Where am I going to get the content to put in these notes? Who's going to write the notes? You or me? And I don't even remember the other three. Okay, as soon as I read those, I said, you know what? Terminate. Because this is someone who sees obstacles. I offered someone access to my most expensive training. And all I said was, will you take notes on what you do? and send them to me. And he saw obstacles, he saw walls. Anyone who sees obstacles in that way will always see things that way. I run into obstacles for my business all the time. People say, oh, I don't wanna work with you. Oh, that's a terrible idea. Oh, that's a big mistake, da 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 Amazon's changing the way their algorithm works, this and that. Oh, there's, you know, there's a competitor who's doing better than you. People always like to tell me about my competitor. Someone the other day sent me a link to a competitor's product. I, I don't have time for that. I also don't see the world as competitors. Most of the people that people think of my competitors, I would probably have them as guests on my podcast episodes and this podcast if I had time. And that's what other reason I want to get far enough ahead so I can start recording more uh, guest interviews to kind of mix it in. I don't worry about that. I don't have time to worry about obstacles. Every time I see an obstacle, if I see someone who has a course that I think is better than mine, I go, okay, how can I get in on it? How can I become partners with this person? How can I do a project with this person? How can I promote this person? So that rather than us becoming competitors, we become cooperative and we give each other value. So seeing obstacles as opportunities will create value within you. So if you walked up to me and said, hey, I'm a really big fan of your work, Jonathan. I've only been following you online for a few months, but I've listened to every episode. I've read every blog post. I've left a comment on every blog post. 
just doing that, I'll tell you right now, I pay attention to the people that leave comments. 90% of people, and this is normal, I don't leave comments on most blogs I read to, 90% of people don't leave comments, and so I don't know they're interacting with me, but it adds a lot of value when you leave blog comments. And everyone pays attention who has a blog, everyone tracks who's leaving comments, who's not, who's, who's the new person, what's this person have to say, and then you go and look back at their website sometimes, and then I go to their website, people leave comments for me, and I leave comments on their website. It's one of the ways you can really get onto my radar. But you could walk up to me and say, hey, I've never done anything online, but I wanted to give value to you. I've left a comment on every single blog post. I've left a review on iTunes. I've left a review on every book on Amazon. I'm just a big fan of you. You're awesome. I don't really have a lot going on online. I'm still learning things. But what I can tell you is that I'm someone who can execute. And if there's anything I could do to give you value, if you ask me to do something, I'll finish it. I would love you to give me the chance to demonstrate that I'm an executor. Maybe that's not the right word. I'm a finisher. I'm someone who, if you give me a task, if you ask me to do something, I finish it. And now this is something I've been talking about. If you go all the way back to episode three where I interviewed Jim, my first mentor, someone who I've known for well more than, more than 10 years now, his whole world is defined by people that demonstrate that they can execute. And then he gives them projects worth millions of dollars when they demonstrate that. You can become excellent with that simple thing. So as much as you can say, oh, I have value, I have tons of money, I have tons of contact, and sure, I have a lot of other value, okay? I have value in my Rolodex. I have value in my financial situation. But when I'm networking, those are not my primary value. When I walk up to someone, I say, hey, I'd love to work with you. My real value is that I finish projects. My real value is that I'm good at doing things and I'm always on time. That, more than anything else, is the value I project. That's what I offer to people. Hey, if we work on a project together, guess what? My work will be done on time. We'll always be waiting for you because I always execute excellently. If you say it's done by Friday, I'll always turn it in Thursday. That's how I do business. This is the type of value. This is the thing you can offer to people that will make you seem excellent, that will separate you from the herd. You don't have to walk up to people and say, hey, let me slap down my black Amex and pay for everyone's dinner. You don't need to project a value you don't actually have. Don't pretend you can afford things you can't afford. You don't need to. It's unnecessary. It's because of a misunderstanding of the way people network that we offer the wrong value. Allow me to offer you another example of this. Another way of offering value or thinking of the wrong type of value to give people is when men and women are interacting all the time. You know, I've been in the relationship space for a very long time. Oh, I've helped tens of thousands of men and women find love with each other. And one of the things I find the most fascinating is the things we lie about. Most men, they lie about their income and the name of their job. Sometimes number three is the height. <laughs> they lie about their height. Women, of course, tend to lie more about age, more about physical attributes. Why is that? We lie, the things we lie about are not because we wanna lie about them. We lie about them because we think it's what the other person values. We think it's what's important to the other person. Now, if you're a woman, you know what I'm talking about. How many women make a decision to date a guy based on his career? Oh, I was gonna go out with him, but he's an anesthesiologist. I only date cardiologists. He's a wrong kind of doctor. Women don't make decisions based on the guy's specific career. It very rarely affects the decision calculus. But we lie about the wrong things because we're looking at our own scale of value. See, men measure each other based on their careers. So when man is lying to another man, sure, lying about your career might make sense. I don't recommend it, but at least you're lying to someone who is using the same scale. But when you're lying to a woman about it who doesn't care, it's a double waste. You're lying for something that doesn't matter. We tend to offer the wrong type of value when we're lying. You don't need to pretend you make a bunch more money because it doesn't actually help you. When you're looking at yourself and saying, what do I have to offer? I don't know how to do anything. I've never made money online. I'm not special. So often, you're overlooking the things about you that are great. I want you to spend a little time 
today, thinking about what makes you valuable. And I also want you to assess yourself. Do you finish projects? Do you finish the tasks in front of you? If you've bought a course for me, did you finish it? I know. You might not know this, but I know who's finished my courses because my membership area tells me what you've done. I can see how many people have watched each video, how many people have done this and that. I also know because at the end of every course, I send you to a special page where you can let me know what you thought about the course, give me some feedback and get access to a special bonus. And I know how many people do that, how many people click that button. That's the easiest way for me to measure it because I get an email every time someone fills out that form. And that's the most valuable for my website. That's the most valuable form on the entire website for me. Anyone who fills that form out becomes very valuable to me. But I noticed that. And that's not my job. My job is not to make you feel bad if you bought a course for me and didn't finish it. Okay? <laughs> what I want to do is motivate you to finish it so you get the value so that then you start succeeding online and that makes me happy. I want you to finish, consume, and succeed with my courses. So what I want you to think about is, do you finish the courses you buy? Do you enact them? Have you set up your blog or just been still thinking about it? I try very hard to motivate you, but I know how life gets in the way and that's reality. But are you actually someone who executes and finishes? If someone sends you a course for free, will you finish it? If someone asks you to write notes on something, will you finish it? If someone says, hey, will you write me 10 blog posts? Can you finish it? If right now your problem is actually that you don't finish the things you start, that's what I want you to work on next. That's the next idea to take to the next level, to become someone who actually does execute and finish. I don't finish every single project I start. I would love to say that I do, but sometimes I run into things and I get distracted by other projects and things get pushed back. I may not put on a magazine for six months. I'm hoping that I can get an episode or an issue done in January. That's my real initial goal for first, the first issue of Servant Master Magazine. I'm actually figuring out in my head, I'm organizing, how do I want to organize the issues? I'm thinking about, do I want to have an issue where I just have it all about one person and I just interview one person? I'm actually thinking, more and more, that was my initial idea, to do like a three or four hour interview with someone, chop it up into 10 or 15 different articles, and create that as the issue. But what I'm thinking now is that I'll have an issue about a topic. So one issue will be all about affiliate marketing. And I'll have some interviews with great affiliate marketers, uh, talk about different courses that are in affiliate marketing, why they're good or bad, some of that stuff. And then the next one will be about email marketing. And then the next one will be about e-commerce. That's the direction I'm leaning in right now. And of course, if you're listening to this in the future, you already know the answer. You're in the future, you know what I chose. <laughs> You'll know what direction I went into. But if you can't finish anything, that's when you have a problem. If you own seven courses you haven't finished, if you've got 20 books you haven't started, if you've started seven different online projects, well then that's what you gotta fix first so that you actually do have value. You don't have to succeed, you simply have to try that will separate you and that will make you amazing and that will make you valuable to me and everyone else in my circle, everyone else that I do business with, everyone else at my level and above. I am desperate, absolutely desperate in my business for people that can finish. I'm always looking to hire new people. I would do anything. <laughs> if I could find a social media manager and someone who could write blog posts and social media stuff and manage that for me and actually complete and execute. I've tried to hire three different people for that job. One quit, one never showed up, one had to fire because could it do the job? The job was write a few blog posts a week. Such a simple job. People that can execute, people that can finish, people that can do a task placed in front of them without oversight. Now this is the part that sometimes we forget. This is why I don't ask if you can finish jobs at work. Hey, guess what? If you're at work and your manager's there watching you all the time, that's not the ability to execute. That's the ability to not get fired. That's a different skill. It's a good skill. But when you're working online, if you do a project with me, I'm never gonna see your face. I'm working on a big course called Parenting Emergency all about how to prepare for every different type of emergency you can have when you're a parent with a child. And I thought of this because 
I wanted to look online about how to deal with several emergencies and I found out there wasn't a really good centralized resource for me as a parent. So I went through and organized from hundreds of resources, finding medical research and different things, how you handle every emergency. The partner I'm working with on that course, guess what, I've never met him face to face. I might meet him next year and six months after you release the product. We're working on a project together. There's no possibility for someone across the world for me to oversight me and vice versa. I can't check his work and he can't check mine. I can't sit there every day and say, finish your job, finish your job, finish your job. I'm not his boss, he's not my boss. When you work on stuff online, you have to be able to finish stuff without someone watching you. And that's a very special ability. Most of us, we never learn how to self-regulate. We're used to having a teacher there, a boss there, someone there to make sure we finish the work. So we're trained to behave in a specific way. We have to go beyond that training, take control of your destiny and say, you know what? Even if there's no one here watching me, I'll still get the job done. I'll finish it because I can motivate myself. That's when you're special. That's when you're amazing. That's when you have an amazing amount of value. And this is how you can develop value, have something to offer to people. Even if you've never made a dollar online, you have no idea what you're doing, you can show up at a conference, walk up to a millionaire and say, I have no idea what I'm doing online, but in three sentences, I'll convince you to work with me. And when you do that, that's when you double your income, triple your income, quadruple your income. That's when you go from making $36,000 a year to $750,000 the very next year, just like I did. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Serve No Master. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back tomorrow with more tips and tactics on how to escape that rat race. Head over to servenomaster.com forward slash podcasts now for your chance to win a free copy of Jonathan's bestseller, Serve No Master. All you have to do is leave a five-star review of this podcast. See you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Serve No Master podcast. Join me on my Facebook page at facebook.com backslash serve no master.